This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by actor Joey Slotnick. You may remember Joey from his film and television roles, including Pirates of Silicon Valley, Twister, Boston Public, Alias, Nip Tuck, and many, many more. Joey chats with us about his memories of growing up a Cubs fan and being in attendance at the infamous Steve Bartman game. Please check out lookingglasstheater.org to help support a fantastic Chicago theater that Joey is a huge part of. This episode was recorded at the Brigino Baseball Clubhouse in New York City. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Got him! 20 strikeouts! He ties the Major League record! There it goes! See ya! I don't believe what I just saw! He's out by five feet at the plate! And that was the worst base running in the history of the game! Fly ball! Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Anish Jane, and sitting next to me is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Our guest today is an actor you will most certainly recognize from stage and screen. But on this show, his most important credit is being a Cubs fan. Yes! <laughs> Joining us today in the clubhouse, Joey Slotnick. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, just a little background. I know it's not related to baseball, but uh, Joey and I have known each other for 20 years because we were in remember that amazing classic <laughs> film twister it's such a good movie oh excuse it's wonderful me. oh no no you're not allowed to, de- excuse de- 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 denigrate it i loved that movie when i was a kid i'm glad there are a you. lot of fans out there yeah well anyway that's how we were we were in ponca city oklahoma oh and God, uh, way too Ames, long iowa for 10 i was there for 10 weeks i think you were there for even longer oh yeah uh, i think i was there for like four months oh my god ins- so it, it was insanity so uh that's how we met you know, so there's a back, there's, that's a little there's back. a backstory. Well, there's a backstory. So, backstory. so, so you two know each other and you're also, uh, now, did you grow up in Chicago? Cause I think you're both from at least the Chicago land area. Yes. I grew up, I was born in Chicago and I grew up in Chicago and then Evanston and Wilmette. Okay. So he's, he's a North suburb guy. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm yeah. North shore. I'm like Southwest suburb, which is not the same thing. That's all right. But though, luckily but you're not a Sox fan. I know. So I know. That's, that's what I didn't say, but luckily yeah. the goodness. fates brought you together. <laughs> As, as Cubs fans. Because I don't know about you. Well, I didn't. I mean, I did go to some games at Wrigley when I was growing up, but it was really coming home from school and seeing the games on TV that right. that solidified. Because the Sox didn't have the day games the way the Cubs had the day yeah, games. This and that is true. was, I think, a large part of it. And then it was also my, my older brother, who's an athlete, and he was a big Cubs fan. And my dad was a Cubs fan because he was from the North Side. He grew up and lived in Chicago. You know, we went to Sen High School, which is like a big, big. My dad school. went to Sen High School. See, look at see, this. Look at see. We're learning new things about each other every day. I have no connection to any of this. But I didn't. I never. I also was not like anti Sox. I never had that thing. You know. Right. Yeah, but I think you bring up a good point though about your dad, and I think that's that's uh, honestly the more baseball fans that I talk to, even people who grew up and it's like I've met. Red Sox fans who grew up in L.A. or or Tigers fans who grew up in in Texas or whatever, and it seems to be this connection of whatever my dad was a fan of, that's kind of what I was a fan of, and especially in today's day and age with MLB at bat and all these your your ability to watch the games. So with you guys, you had WGN. WGN was a natu- national uh, platform, but it was really our local platform. This is before right, yeah. it was a national platform. But WGN, the radio especially though, uh, uh, was available in a lot more cities just than than Chicago. Like okay. I know. Yeah. WGN AM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this was this was like local Chicago. Right. That was the only station. TV show. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only stuff. Oh, so you didn't After even have school. access to 
Okay, okay. So this the is, day this games. is before cable television, Manish. We're a little older than you. <laughs> this is when you can still see I was trying um, not to say Bozo ears. Circus. Yeah, Bozo Circus. And on this WGN. is when you had rabbit ears on your TV. You would have right. to position your antenna. I'm telling you. Like, I, 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 I got Bozo when I was a kid growing up at Kalamazoo. I got Bozo, but I guess but that was. But not the was... real Bozo. No, the... we, got, we got your Bozo. No, no, but like it was the guy. Bozo who... too. You probably yeah. got Bozo Okay, too. fair enough. Yeah. All right, so I got, all right, fine. So I, I'm Cookie the young and Bozo were kind of our guys, but that's cool. All right, fair enough. So you're you're just you know a little bit older than I am. Which were your people in the in the team? So my Cubs guys were, I would say, uh, Jerry Morales, Ivan DeJesus, Dave Kingman. Mm-hmm. That those that was my. Excuse me. In fact, I have a good story. My dad owned a plant store called the Plantery on uh, in Rogers Park on the corner of California and Pratt, and Jerry Morales' girlfriend came in to the store one time. Now, did he have a wife? And this was Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know if he had a... Oh, maybe... Oh, gosh. No, this is best. I believe it was his girlfriend. I don't think he had a wife. All right. This is... As my dad would tell me the story. And um, he came in, and long story short, uh, she said, well, here's... I'll get you some tickets to go to the game. So my dad and I went. I must have been... I don't know. Maybe I was six or seven. We sat, I think, like third or fourth row in, in Jerry Morales' seats, and it was one of the hottest days in Chicago, it was like 105 degrees wow. in that hot sun. I think we lasted like four innings. It was just probably because I was complaining. <laughs> it was so so hot, but that was that was like. Uh, and, but he exciting. didn't. Did he ever come over to the seats and say, "Hey guys"? I don't think so. That's sort of how he sounds like, right? Hey I think guys, so. yeah, what's I think it's a pretty on, spot on impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard it. Yeah, I know. I was just say I, I don't know what he That's sounds amazing. like, but for the purpose of this, that is a spot on impression. Yeah, Thanks. very Thanks. good. <laughs> but uh, so. So that was obviously before Sandberg. Yes, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. That was that was when I was a kid and I was, you know, still collecting cards yeah. and stuff. I see I think those some of those names I kind of remember from my brother talking about them like with his baseball card collection or something right. like that cuz I remember watching like Jody Davis um I do remember Ivan Jesus being a batter. Mm-hmm. So I he was there for a while, right? I mean, yeah, he was there for a while and you know, and, and I mean Dave Kingman was like the he was like the the Sandberg if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. he was real the home run hitter and but yeah, okay, all right. Well, there you go. All right, so you guys have a little bit of overlap then. Sure. Well, yeah. of course we do. So I mean, so you know, do you remember your earliest memories of kind of? Because he, here's the thing about Wrigley, you two have a, a relatively unique perspective as far as going to that ballpark. I was thinking about this uh, on my way in to this morning. Most people, unless you're a Red Sox fan or a Cubs fan, and maybe a Dodgers fan, the ballpark that you grew up going to as a child is most likely not. In existence anymore. So, like, right, I grew up right. going to Tiger Stadium, and so when I go back to Copa, I don't have the memories of of going to Tiger Stadium. I don't remember being six when I walk into the gates at Copa. But for you guys, every time you walk through the gates at Wrigley Field, you must get hit with some sort of oh man. I remember when I was eleven. I remember when I was six. I remember when I was whatever. And I don't know. That's a very unique perspective that you guys have and a very special feeling. So, I mean, when you go back to Wrigley, you said. You went last season to a couple of games. Do you get hit with a wave of emotion every time you walk through the gates, or or what? What do you remember? I, to be honest, I mean, I get a wave of emotion just because the place is so beautiful. I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like this season, but <laughs> it's just beautiful and it's so intimate and small, and you're just right there, and and there's really not a bad seat, and it, the memory is is just like that. I don't know that feeling of like it's possible. It, there's a 
there's it's possible. Wow, I could, uh, I could, I could play. I, I could. <laughs> oh, that's possible. That, okay. That's, that's, that's the possibility yeah. because it's like you're so close, and it's yeah. like that's the the wonderful illusion I think about baseball. But maybe we're jumping ahead. Is that it looks possible for an ordinary person to play, and then but when you get up close to a ball player, they're just a little taller. They're just a little kind of stockier. They're just a little, you know, better. Uh, or a lot better than than you are, and um, but that's what's really I love about Wrigley Field is that you're you're so close. It feels it feels possible. Well, I mean that's absolutely interesting. You say that about kind of that belief because I think there is. I mean that's why beer league softball you know uh, exists. You know there are all these guys that have these delusions of grandeur that I could definitely hit a you know major league fastball if I just got in there I could take a couple of hacks. Right. Which I was so happy to see. I'm sure we all remember we all saw Will Ferrell you know doing his uh, little uh, for charity his stunt of playing uh, in all the spring training games. I think it was for the Cubs that he took his first at bat. And I was waiting for that all day because I was like, all right, anyone can play in the field and maybe shag a couple of balls, but to actually stare down a major league pitcher. And to see him go down on three straight pitches where I can't remember who, who was, uh, he was facing off against, but whoever it was did not take it easy on him. No. And he took a hack at that third pitch. And, I mean, it's it's no better than – I can't judge. I would do probably even worse. And I think when he took uh, in a bat for the White Sox, he actually did get a foul tip. But I heard an interview with him where he was basically saying it's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Anyone who thinks – that they can even come close to getting making contact, you can't. Like, it is a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. We have these illusions that, oh, yeah, I could probably get one good swing on that and maybe get a double, maybe not a home run, maybe I could, <laughs> I could hit a gapper, you know? But honestly, it's it's you say blink and you miss it, but it's your eyes are halfway down in a blink and you miss it. It, goes, it, it operates so fast when you're that close. Right. Do you, can you isolate for yourself? I mean, are you a sports fan in general, or I'm mostly a baseball fan. Yeah, me I mean, too. I enjoy. Yeah, me too. What I enjoy is I enjoy watching. If I'm going to watch basketball, and I guess I, I don't want to say I'm a fair weather because I was a huge. You know, I went. To, I was lucky enough to see Jordan at United Center many times, and that was fantastic. But I enjoy watching sports with people who know what they're talking about, like yeah. watching it football game with people who really enjoy it that's fun yeah or basketball game that's fun but baseball i can i can i can hear it on the radio i can watch it and it, the enjoyment is just that it's i don't have to so can you isolate for yourself what it is about it that makes that different for yourself i feel like i know baseball better and because i think it's the best sport <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's you know, the most democratic, everyone gets a shot, it, there's no timer. I mean, it's kind of those basic things, but but that it's so, you're just judged as an individual and then as a team, and I, I don't know, it's, it's so, some of it is so ethereal, like it's hard to pin down what's so great about it, but then it's so easy to pin down what's so great about it. Um, and the fact that it can get so very exciting so quickly and then it has this kind of beautiful mundane everydayness to it um i don't know i i just think it's a, a beautiful beautiful sport and one that has not really changed yeah um, fundamental i mean fundamentally yeah, fundamentally i mean for me for my <clears throat> for myself one of the difference it's sort of like what you're talking about but that it's so ele- it feels so elemental to me mm-hmm. and that ev- and that it, everything is so clear there's always clarity about what exactly is happening at any given moment. Yes. And when I watch 
football, even with somebody who's knowledgeable, and they can sort of explain to me some of the finer points, and I can see like, oh, a great pass. Mm -hmm. But like the formations and there's like these scrums, there's like 14 <laughs> people all colliding. It just looks like a big mess yeah. to me. Whereas baseball, it's every, you can absolutely always see where the ball is. You can mm -hmm. always see where the runner is. You can yeah. always see it, you know. And when you see it live, of course, you can see the arc of the ball and the, 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 the fielder getting an incredible read on it and making right. a diving catch. And, and it all happens sort of all at once. Right. Like, like dance. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, uh, and I, I'm with you guys where, where baseball is definitely by far my favorite sport. And when I watch football, to me, to my brain, you know, it looks like it is a bunch of start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. You can't get any rhythm. You can't get any flow to it. But when I, th when I think about that, I think about people that claim that baseball is boring or nothing happens in baseball, which nothing makes me roll my eyes harder out right. of my head when I hear that. And I started thinking, all right, well, my response to them is when you're looking at one particular at bat even though it looks like nothing is happening something a pitch could be being set up for later in the at bat or even later in the game a guy dancing off a of first might be doing something to distract the pitcher you might have you know there's there's a thousand different elements that are all going into this one singular moment that is all i mean it's it people talk about baseball being a chess match but that's what it is it's all being set up for later in the game so i think to myself maybe it is there are just parts of football, the strategy of it that I don't understand, and maybe that does exist there, and maybe the starting stopping is a, a part of some grander plan. But in baseball, I just think that it's so much easier to see yeah, what what is happening. You know, why a a second inning bunt attempt that you pull back is really just to get in the pitcher's mind of you know don't throw that pitch again or I'm going to do whatever. It's just the gamesmanship of baseball seems to be more than any other sport that I watch. Also, I think that when you watch baseball, I mean, I think the majority of people who watch baseball watch it on television. You know, yeah. not everybody's going to the game. But, of course, when you're there at the game, there's so many things to look at watching the, you know, watching the manager give the signal to the, to the catcher and the, and, the, and, the, and the pitcher watching. the. I mean, all of that, that drama is very, very exciting. I, I love that. But also, I think when you watch now, certainly for football, I think, the cameras are so different now. They kind of go over the field, and 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 they've they've given you a better picture on in football, and of course basketball, you can pretty much see the whole thing, but baseball, you don't. Baseball That's, is still. I'm watching the the pitcher. Yeah. I'm watching the catcher. I'm watching those two, and you don't see the field. You don't see any of that drama and. Yeah. It just that you're absolutely correct. That's that's the thing that's really frustrated me about you know uh, directing in baseball. I guess you know television director. Look, these are all it's a TV show. I mean, when we're watching it, we're watching a television show, and we are such a slave to the camera angles, and we are such a slave to where the the director has told us we're going to look. And I think that's honestly when they talk about the pace of play rules, when they talk about oh, you know, the pitcher needs a twenty second pitch clock, which is mind blowing to me yeah. that that's even a suggestion. <laughs> is is first of all, no, he doesn't. It's if you are trying to make it more interesting for the television audience, then tell your cameraman to maybe move the camera a little bit and show what's happening and, right. you know, be able to to somehow show people what it's like to actually be sitting inside of a ballpark. Because I've still yet to watch a television broadcast. I mean, I, I listen to radio most of the time because they do a, a much yes. better job yeah. of, of painting that picture of, of really, you know, you can close your eyes. And mm -hmm. especially if you've been to that ballpark. It is a. It's the easiest and cheapest teleportation device yep. there is. You it's just true. sit there and you are sitting in that ballpark if you got a good radio guy for your home broadcast. Mm -hmm. Now, did you? Since you're not a you know Chicago Cubs radio listener, probably yeah. very much. Did no. You, did you get to hear Ron Santo when he was doing the commentary? You know, 
so growing up in Kalamazoo, I, I, I'd say half my friends. So Kalamazoo, for those of you who don't know, is about two hours in between Detroit and Chicago. It's kind of the halfway mark right between the two cities. Uh, and half my friends were core Cubs fans. And so are you a Bell's beer fan? I, I was uh, back when I drank. Uh, uh, but yes, uh, uh, Kalamazoo has actually become since I moved away. Kalamazoo has become this mecca of beer, which which completely caught me off guard. Believe me, when I was growing up there, it was very boring. I would go <laughs> to Detroit or Chicago every weekend as much as I could to get some excitement in my life. But so I did get a chance to hear him every once in a while, not regularly. Oh, jeez. Yes. Oh, yes. no. God, <laughs> I do remember oh, some of that. No. <laughs> Come on. He's a fun guy to listen to. Well, not anymore. I, what did he I say? I, th- I thought I said two listen to in the in the past. Well, he's, tense, he's, I, he, I guess yeah. he was a fun guy. Yeah, to listen bless to. him. <laughs> bless him. But yeah, you know, but, you know, a good radio guy. Can I mean, we've got Dan Dickerson now for the Tigers. Who, um, thanks to MLB's, uh, you know, at bat app, I basically will. They've got the radio overlay. You can watch yep. the television broadcast with the radio overlay, oh. which, and, oh, it is. I've learned something. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's. I'm not doing a plug. They're not sponsoring us, yeah. but for all you baseball fans out there, you desperately need to buy the MLB at bat app and the the MLB TV service. So you've got the option to watch the television broadcast with the home or you know you can you watch the home of the away broadcast with the radio overlay, or if you want nothing, you can literally just take all audio out and just get what's called park sounds. So you have no commentary and you're just watching that a quiet game. Wait. On so on your I, laptop, on your phone, on your television, on uh-huh. your PS, what on your? I feel like I'm doing a pitch for these people. You need they to really pay me. Not sponsoring us, oh, but man, uh, that's no, so on absolutely any. And for Cubs fans, so it's rough because like if you live in the, if you lived in Chicago, right. you can't get it because the blackout rules. Right. So like for people here, Mets fans and, and Yankee uh-huh. fans, you can't watch it. But I'm a Tiger fan. I watch. 162 games right now i'm watching spring training on my phone um you know it's it's brilliant they also after each game they cut together highlights so you can watch a 10 minute condensed version That's of it if fantastic. you want you i'm telling you it MLB.com. is mlb.com so just yeah go to mlb.com there's please pay us uh you go to mlb.com or mlb tv and sign up it's like 129 for the you get every, every game, game. Wow. it is the cool. best and the streaming is branded it's hd it's yeah, yeah okay enough plugging go buy the damn thing um but real quick i i did want to connect myself one more time because i want to talk to you guys a little bit about since you know i am a little bit younger than you guys for my cub uh when i was a young lad i will never forget this yeah we didn't even ask you sorry why why should you i'm not a cubs fan <laughs> I'm, I'm a tigers fan um but when i was a young lad i remember we had this this party an Indian party with all these Indian kids. And so just picture in your mind about a dozen young little Indian boys. You know, we were eight, nine, ten years old, however young we were. All the adults are partying and having fun, and we're kind of banished to the basement, and we're all huddled around one probably like a, at that point, maybe like a 20-inch television, maybe smaller, and we're watching the Cubs game. And Andre Dawson yes. walks up to the plate. Yes. And I have no idea why this happened, but all of us just start chanting, Dawson. Dawson, 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 and and the very next pitch, home run, and we, I mean, we were running around this, and we ran upstairs, and all our families, what, why, what's wrong with you, crazy people? <laughs> we're like, Andre Dawson just hit a home run. It's a meaningless regular season, who cares game, but it was just, it was so cool to see, 
you know, all these these kids coming together for, once again, a seemingly meaningless game that I don't even think any of us were Cubs fans. We just wanted to watch baseball. And you saw a home run. And we saw a home run, which at that point, you know, especially at that age, that is baseball. That's all you want to see is home runs. And uh, from that point forward, while I, I, I've never been a Cubs fan, I was an Andre Dawson mark. Like I was obsessed with Andre Dawson when I was yeah. a kid. I had his baseball card in my uh, wallet that would carry around. Like I just, I loved him. He was so special to me from that moment forward. So. And it took so long for him to get in the hall, too. Like, well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. The hall. The hall. <laughs> we could do yeah many many podcasts about the Hall of Fame and and uh, yeah as a Tigers fan we've got plenty of 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 guys that deserve to be in Jack. Jack Morris, how is he not? How is Jack Morris not in the Hall of Fame? It's, oh, our, our sound engineer Zach is is rolling his eyes. Roll is is, is, is the, shaking his. You think Jack Morris should be in the Hall of Fame? Correct. Okay, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yes. Our sound engineer was at Game Seven when Jack uh, pitched uh, ten innings. Oh, you know. Okay, I'm sorry. This is about the Cubs. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> well, I got be about anything. I got very baseball, very man. I got very very That's excited true. there for a second. But I mean, the fact that you know Ryan wasn't a first ballot. Hall of, Sandberg wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. He absolutely no. revolutionized this position. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. But you, you and I have talked about this. There are there are Hall of Fame writers that refuse to vote for certain players because they have now made the distinction between you are a Hall of Famer and you are a first ballot first ballot Hall of Famer. And the way that they've decided that you know unless you are a Gehrig or a Mantle or a what have you, mm-hmm. you are not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which. You know, part of me, I guess, kind of understands that they want to give really the special, special, special people one extra level of, no, you are the greatest. But part of me is like, you know what? If you're a Hall of Famer this year, you're a Hall of Famer next year. I don't I don't agree with the we're going to make you wait nonsense, because uh, then what happens is Jack Morris happens. And, you know, we you wait 15 years and all of a sudden you just kind of forget about him. I think that's honestly what happened. I think it was kind of one of those. Well, we'll get to him next year. Oh, we'll get to him next year. And then sabermetrics happened. And now we all apparently hate ERA for some reason. I don't know where that came from, but that's the argument against right. not to let him in is he would have the highest ERA in the Hall of Fame, which someone's got the highest ERA in the Hall of Fame right now. I don't know who it yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> there is a number. Yeah. Now, do you have I, – I know we're not supposed to be, like, in a specific time, right? But Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, do you have uh, feelings about the direction of the team with – the, oh, we can do the rebuilding that. process that yeah, we're yeah, yeah. going through. I mean, I don't have a. Um, I probably can't speak on that as as intelligently as the two of you, but I. It upsets me that they have to, or that they think they have to rebuild a stadium to, to um, rebuild a team, yeah. and the fact that they have to say, well, we need revenue, so we have to build a big scoreboard. And we have to build, you know, better um, pitching facilities and and all that stuff, or else we're not going to get the caliber of player. And I, I don't know. I don't. I know nothing about that's the business of the sport, but I somehow feel like that's not true. I mean, the Cubs they, are still. They, they are never struggling to fill that stadium. Yep. They are never struggling to get people to watch that team on television. It's. I don't understand what that's about. So that's that's frustrating to me because it is. I mean, Fenway and Wrigley are the oldest parks, and and though they've made, you know, slight changes to Wrigley, it still pretty much looks like Wrigley, but not this year. I mean, this year it's going to look completely, you know, different. When I went on my stadium tour, I was uh, when I when I stopped at Wrigley, 
I met this, uh, these two young Australian girls and they were going to the game and I was like, oh, you know, wow, you guys must be big baseball fans are in from Australia. And they're and and they told me that they'd literally come to Chicago. They were in the States for like a month. They said, we've come to Chicago specifically to see a Cubs game. It's pretty much the only reason they came to Chicago was to see a Cubs game. And these are young girls. And I was like, wow, this is really fascinating that you've come from Australia. You've come to the States for a limited time and you came to Chicago for a baseball game, more specifically Cubs game. You must be huge Cubs fans. You must be massive Cubs fans. Oh, no, we don't know anything about them. We're not even baseball fans. We just have to see the Cubs. It's America. It's the Cubs. Like it had, they it had this this aura. Whether it's the Back to the Future connection, whether it's just the lovable loser motif, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the Cubs are an international symbol. They are internationally known, much like the Yankees, right. much like you know it is. And you're right, every time I go to Wrigley Field, not only is it sold out, but it is sold out at a much higher rate of ticket price than than most other stadiums. Like it is shocking how expensive a seat is at Wrigley Field for a team that has not had a winning team <laughs> for for, for, yeah. for for a little bit. Yeah. Um so yeah no I I also vehemently disagree with this idea that you somehow need to to remodel it for more money. I mean the visitors clubhouse needed to be remodeled uh, for anybody who had been to uh, uh Wrigley and, and been able to see the visitors clubhouse it was tiny and, and and a wreck and they had one washing machine to wash everybody's clothes. And like it was, just, and it was very far away from the field. So there were some of the guts of Wrigley that sure could have maybe used a bit of a remodel. But yeah, to see the complete transformation that's happening there, and to black off the rooftop seats, I'm, I'm sure you guys have some some opinions on that. That is just how can you block off the most unique aspect of any baseball stadium in the country? Those rooftop seats were amazing, right? Plus they plus the rooftop association. I mean, they made a deal with the yep. Cubs, so they they give their some of their percentage of their like revenue, fifteen percent or something yeah, like that, to the Cubs. So now, that left field, there, there's going to be zero revenue, obviously, because they've destroyed that that view. I, I don't know. How about how do you feel? Well, the the rooftop, I've I've always thought was kind of an interesting thing because, you know. It's. It became an in. It, anytime that there's an industry on top of an industry, I think it's complicated. But I do think it's good that they ultimately made a deal. But it's not. Again, it's not like the Cubs need money. But well, they're claiming they do. That's why they're. That's why they're. They're doing all these. We need money because we. We. You know. Uh, that's why we need to do all these remodeling. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's billionaires who say they still need money. I, I mean, guess, you know. I don't know. The the problem is they can't. They can't tear down that stadium, or else uh, oh. I would hope. Oh, of course not. No, 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 no. It's a, it's it's a landmark. landmark. Yeah, yeah okay. in 2004, so I believe. That. So, it was the, so because yeah. they can't build, you know, bigger than they build whatever they're doing, they're they're. Well, I mean, look what they're doing in Fenway. Out. In Fenway, I think they're they're adding. They're yet again adding more seats in left field in Fenway. I mean, for for any of you who've been to Fenway. I'm a pretty like small. Like the monster, or on top uh, of yeah. The monster? So, so left field, like in between the monster and the overhang, there okay. they're adding some new seats. And like, I'm a relatively small human being. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't take up a lot of space. But those seats I, are uncomfortable for me already. I don't tiny understand. Tiny. Oh, they're tiny and they're wooden and, they're and weirdly angled. They're weirdly. This was back before they realized we should have all the seats facing home plate. A lot of the older stadiums, Shea is one of them. Uh, Shea Stadium uh, um, at City uh, for the Mets. If you sat in, you know, let's say the outfield in the right field, I'd done this before. 
you would be looking at the outfield and the and the plate would be on your left hand side. Yeah, well, like, Wrigley too. I mean, the, yeah. the like the right field line. You know, you're looking at right field. Yeah, you're, you're looking not, at right it's field. Not angled, you go, which always made me laugh. As far as whoever the architects were of that, how could you not have the foresight to know that people would want to watch the action as opposed to yeah. the grass? Um, but uh, we're we're moving along quickly here. We got to uh, get into our our trivia game oh uh, very quickly. We we got more to talk about, but I want to see where you're at uh, as a Cubs fan here. Now batting leadoff for the Chicago Cubs, number two, Joey Slotnick. That was a dribbler to the, to the pitcher. Most importantly, make me sound a lot cooler than I am. Oh, no, you don't need any help with that. That's all on me, brother. All right, so for the first question, and this is for a single. Gosh, okay. When was the last time the Cubs won the World Series? 1908. See? Right. We got a man on first. We got now, a man on first is what we have. Okay. Okay. I'm just going like, to get a little lead off I'm just going to get a little bonus in here cuz I'm, I'm curious if you know this. Do you know who you defeated in the 1908 World Series? Was it the Tigers? <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. But in a you know, know. We, we got Karma. sweet Karma. sweet not, sweet not revenge like a single and almost a double. No. I mean like a lead off, well, here's big lead off, big lead off. You got a big lead big off lead now. Off. So if you get this so you will score are you, right are you now. Are a base stealer though or are you kind of a slow chuggy chuggy guy? I would say I'm a base stealer. Yeah, okay. All right, well we'll see what happens in the next question, but though to cuz I want my, my my fans to get uh, uh sad here. In 1945 what happened, Anthony? The Tigers beat the Cubs last time the Cubs were in the World Series. Ah, that good old Billy Goat. All right, so here is for a double. Oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, that does not sound good for me. <laughs> I gave you a way too easy of a first one, so I wanted to up it for the second one. All right, one. what year did the Wrigley Field, did the Wrigley Field? <laughs> all right, I'm typing this on Get my the phone. Did the Wrigley I'm Wrigley typing this on my phone, all right? Get lights? Oh, no, Post he already its, knows. its first night game. So that, oh, in 1988. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. My Were you friends, there for the for the rained out game or for the actual game? For the actual game. That's the amazing. The rained out game. I had a hat from the rained out game because that was supposed to be the first game, mm -hmm. and then was there for the other game. It was against the Mets, I believe. High school was it? Yeah. So, so you were at the game. Uh, it was against the Mets, correct? Which was the second game. The second game, yeah, I, I think it was against. So, yeah. So wow, what was that? I mean, I, I I don't think I've ever seen like a television broadcast of that anywhere. What was that like? Did they do any ceremonies, or was it just all right, whatever? Lights are on. Here we go. Because, I mean, that was a big deal. I mean, 1988, your first night game, yeah. that's bonkers. I, I, I think it was great. I mean, it was also like <laughs> I was a sophomore in college, so I'm, I'm thinking it you was were totally pretty drunk. great. Yeah, okay, been, so you may not remember. That's all right. Um, <laughs> we got a man in second and third. We got scoring. No, position. actually, you know what? This is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him this. Because he got the Tigers answer, okay. the man scored from first. Okay, because he was running. He was running. He, was, he, he got, got, a, good, he got so a, a good read. Oh, and the other thing it we didn't tell you is you do get three bit. outs. Okay. So you do yeah. get three okay. outs. Um, and right now, we got a run on in second. A run's already in. Yeah. I like that. <sighs> the Cubs yeah. have. See, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being nice. All right, so for, for this is for a triple. This will definitely score the run. The Wrigley Field. Four players have won their respective league MVPs while playing for losing teams. The Cubs have had two players on losing teams win the league MVP. Name them both, please. Well, I'm going to have to say Ryan Sandberg. Out. Out number one. Man still on second. Uh, yeah, he had a good, he had good uh, team. He had a good winning team. Ernie Banks? Ernie Banks. He actually did it twice, back-to-back -back years. So that's a sad... 
honor to have, but good for him. No, he's he so was. I've oh, one, he was phenomenal. I have, but I have so one more. Back, I have to name. You have to wait one, one more. One more. Uh, uh, okay. Um. <laughs> it's all right. Take he's your literally time. grabbing his face <laughs> in pain. He's in pain. Oh. That's what we do. We cause. We bring people on our show and we cause. Pain. That's what baseball is all about. It's a masochistic sport. It is. You, you fail, fail more times than you succeed. You succeed. <laughs> Both of us. Right. Knocking our heads to no, get to I that one. I don't know if I'm going to get this. Card. You got two I more have, outs. I have one out, right? Two, two more outs. Yeah, yeah one you have out. one out. Two more outs. Right now, the pitcher's just, you know, you, you guy in seconds dancing off a second, trying to distract the pitcher. Ron Santo? Uh, did he say Santo? No, he didn't. No, he didn't say Santo. He did not say Santo. Out number two. That was a hard line drive. Hard line drive. Right at the shortstop. Right at Big the shortstop. So the second, the guy in second is still just kind of. But yeah, the guy in second got back quickly. Oh, yeah, he got back quick. He snapped a throw to He's center. got some dirt on his jersey now, but he's doing okay. He's happy because he's, he's got an RBI. He's kind of glaring at I the mean, guy. I'm trying to think of. I want to give you a hint, but I'm not going to because oh, you're a Cubs fan. I think I know, but I might not know. And not even initial, not even a first initial. Oh, no. Last initial. I can't do that because yeah. you'll get it right away when I give you the initial. Um, wow, this is really sad. This is really sad. And <laughs> you know people, what? I'll, people at home are just like, come on, Slotnik, you Here's idiot. my hint, and people are going to yell at me for, for this hint, idiot. but I'm, I'm going to really? give you a hint. Really? I feel bad. Well, oh. here's the thing. I'll feel real bad if I don't even get it from the hint. That's, that's, that's going to be sad. The hint is that this player has been mentioned already today. Oh, in our broadcast. In our broadcast. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, oh, really? Oh, don't do that to him. <laughs> That's just mean. Come on, man. It's all right. We've talked about a lot of players today, so. You know, like you come back in the clubhouse, we, we we give you the cold shoulder. Dave Kingman. Oh, oh and that oh. was just a strikeout. That oh. was just—I mean, you were just strikeout looking at that point. I mean, you just watched his knees got right buckled by it. No, right it was a knees got buckled. Twelve, 12 six. Uncle Charlie. That one. Uh, yes, you did. Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson. And you know what? In, in, in my research, knees. I didn't know this. You guys. It's all right. You, you you know you scored a run for the Cubs, and you know yeah, that's yeah. that's got one on the board. The, the, the Cubs are are on the board I'll right now. I'll take a one nothing victory right now. Though you know who's leading, right? The Mets. The Mets. They've got two runs on the board. Yeah. Um, the other two wow. players. Do you guys know the other two players? And you probably wouldn't. Do you know the other no, two players? I mean, no. the other one was Mr. Alex Rodriguez. In 2003, oh, for, the for the uh, no, the Rangers, the Rangers. they were in last place. Ashley Dawson, the the Cubs were a last place team when he won the MVP. So he was wow. the first player to ever win MVP on a last place team. Wow. Which I didn't want to say this earlier because I didn't want to blow my trivia question. When it came to the Hall of Fame vote, that's what annoyed me more than anything. Which is like, I'm sorry, this person was good enough to win an MVP on a last place team. Yes. That to me is stamp. You're in. Yeah. Much like Jack Morris's, you know, uh, Game 7 uh, in, uh, was that 91 or 92, Zach? 91? 91. Um, that is a stamp. You are in. Um, and then the other one was Cal Ripken Jr. in 1991. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the Cubs actually have Hank Sauer in 1952 won the MVP, but they were at 500. Not a losing record, but yes. they were at 500. All right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I will save my other uh, uh, trivia questions for our next Cubs fan, which... I'm sure we're going to have a lot of Cubs fans on here to, to 
rack well, everyone up the score. Hopefully, they'll, hopefully they'll, they'll do better than I did. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, be difficult. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up uh, pretty soon here, but there's still a couple more things I want to go over with you. The first thing, so uh, uh, my best friend uh, Jora, who uh, who designed our, our awesome, amazing logo and is helping us out with a lot of our web stuff, is a uh, a diehard Apple fan. And this is all going to connect in a moment here, friends. When I told him that I was going to have Joey Slotnick on our podcast, he got very, very excited and said, you need to ask him if he has any stories about Steve Wozniak. Because for those of you who don't know, Joey played Steve Wozniak in, the, in a brilliant, honestly, one of my favorite TV movies, Pirates of, uh, uh, The Pirates of Silicon Valley. Uh, no joke, no hyperbole. That and The Late Shift are two of my favorite movies that happen to be on television. And, and yeah, Pirates of uh, Silicon Valley is phenomenal. So do you have any cool stories about playing the Waz? I mean, the only... Unfortunately, I didn't get to meet him until after we, we filmed the the show. Um, but he was really very cool. I met him actually at the restaurant at LAX. He flew in with... Um, yeah, bizarre. That seems like a wise thing to do, though, it, from what I know about him. He flew in with uh, Andy, and I forget Andy's last name, you're... Your uh, friend will probably know who who basically built, designed the Mac. Okay. Designed the original that. old yes. Mac. Yes. Yeah. And um, we met at that restaurant, that crazy restaurant that looks like a spider. Yes. <laughs> and he when right when he met me, he had a uh, in his hand like one of those buzzing things. So you shake someone's hands and it kind of gives you a shock. That's that's what he did to like me. Like a clown. Ki- like a clown, but like it shocks you. You know, he had that. <laughs> <laughs> And and I because you know Waz was is always the jokester, yeah. so he did that, which I was pretty psyched about. That is awesome. And then he gave so he gave that to me, and then he gave me like a book of jokes that he had, <laughs> he'd written. Um, and nice hey, did you have any indication whether or not he approved or disapproved? Of I think he must the, approve. I think he point. liked it. Yeah, I think I think he dug it. Um, but also all of my experience, like in researching it and doing it, I just I, you know, I looked at some very few kind of films and li- and basically listened to him a lot um but it was a lot of the old photographs that I think I got a lot of kind of clues into like physically um his uh who he he how he carried himself but uh, yeah he was a really he was a great guy he's a great guy really funny and sweet and uh and I mean just almost way too smart yeah Did so he ask you to kind borrow of any money he did no, he's not. doing okay for himself, didn't yeah, he? Still, I mean, he still has. I mean, only, I mean, only a couple billion. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what he did? You know what he used to do? He used to carry rolls, rolls of two dollar bills, and he would go to a restaurant and he Dude, would unroll however this, much it was and cut amazing. and with the scissors cut off the two. I mean, he would piss so many people off that way. But that's what he would do. He would rolls of two dollar bills that he would he bought from the mint, I believe, from the U.S. Mint. That's the only place he could get them, and somehow he got them. I think that's true. They are legal tender. Yeah, yeah, and I think tender, and, and but, I remember on on like rolls. And I think they sold them there when I was a kid. I remember doing some DC trip with my school, or whatever. Yeah, you I could think, buy, yeah, I think buy you could buy. Yeah, you could buy mm-hmm. sheets of two dollar bills, yeah. which <laughs> I, mean, I guess he bought a lot. Yeah. That's, that's that is awesome. So, well, wow, my buddy would be happy to hear that. That he's 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 a, yeah, he's as a wacky guy. of a guy and, yeah. and a cool guy and in real life. And in fact, on my uh, on my telephone, I mean, I'm sure he he has a lot of friends, but but on his email address and. In my iPhone, it's um, backwards. I mean, like his email his, address is yeah. is is kind of flipped, so the letters are flipped. 
Oh, the letters yeah. themselves so are flipped, the letters not the words. themselves are flipped. So, of course, he has a programmer. He's figured, oh, of I mean, of course. But in the phone, it's, it's, it's backwards and upside down. I'll show you. So you can't, you couldn't link it? You couldn't like press? No, you can totally press it, but in your phone book, when you look when under you look like Steve Wozniak, it it's, it's backwards that and is, upside down. That's hilarious. I'll that show you. Awesome. It's pretty hilarious. Yes. Wow. Um, all right. So we have to wrap up in, in a bit, but the question I like to ask people is basically what their favorite memory is of being a Cubs fan, whether it is in the stadium, out of the stadium, as a kid, as an adult. But what is that one moment that when you close your eyes, and and you think is the quintessential, not even just Cubs moment, but just your moment as a Cubs fan. You know, it doesn't have to be a big home run, doesn't have to be a big anything. Well, you know, it's a sad, it's a really sad, depressing, and great moment, I guess, maybe switched around, is that I was at the game where they, you know, completely lost. With you the were catch. at the Bartman I game? I was at the Bartman game. I was with um, a friend of ours who's um a... Uh, um, a board member of our, our theater company, which I'll plug, Looking Glass Theater in Chicago. And we were sitting on the upper, he has these great, um, he has these great upper deck box seats, like three rows from the, from the railing. And behind the, home plate or off to the side? Uh, on uh, first base line. Like, oh. yeah, just right there. <laughs> and we, uh, the anticipation and going to that game. Oh, God, yeah. And, the streets blocked off. I mean, pack, 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 getting off the L, getting to the stadium. It was uh, palpable. I mean, it was just so incredible, so incredibly exciting. So, just the buzz, the buzz, the buzz. And I remember people around me, you know, when it got to it, it was like five more outs. I heard, I heard five more outs, five more outs. And they were saying it out loud. And I thought Don't to myself, I thought to myself, what do you, what do you, please, please be quiet. <laughs> Please, my heart, by the way, my heart please, is racing right now. Please be quiet. Please be quiet. Oh don't say anything. God. And then, and then this thing happened. And of course, there were. There's no replay. Uh huh. You don't see a replay, but there was this. You know, off to like in front of me and just to the so left. You could see it. Oh yeah, my. Yeah. And and you just kind of didn't know. You know, I mean, like everyone stood up when the when because you thought um. Uh, Moises. Uh, Alou was yeah. Moises was going to catch it, and then and then he, you know, of course, a little up, upset by it, and kind of running oh. around, and then, but you didn't know, and so people, of course, around you had headphones on, you kind of looked here, but it was everyone was standing up, and there was a buzz, and you you weren't quite sure what was going on, but then this like, like this, after that, even before the booted ball, in the stadium, because the booted because watching it. I'm right. telling you. It wasn't just, yes, it wasn't, but that event. That, that initial event, that, even in the stadium, was like yeah, and you weird felt, mojo. Yes, and then you felt like the air go out, and then it was just, oh, oh, this isn't going to happen. And of course, but it was tomorrow. There's an X, you know, there was one more game. There was one more game. Uh, but it just, but the dichotomy, if that's the right word, of, of those energies. In 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 a in a, in, a, in, a oh, in one evening, yeah, it was crazy. That is crazy, but what a story to go out on because that is that is that is brilliant. I mean, I I actually was purposely staying away from uh, asking you about the Barman game because I never know. Whenever I meet Cubs fans, I never know how to really talk about I that. Mean, it's not that you know, like anything. It's not that one thing. Of course not. But. But it's, it's like Buckner with with Red Sox. I think yeah. I think with the Buckner game, there was one more game to go. I believe. I think that was also a game six yeah. uh, game. So I think yeah. there is this. Yeah. So there is this kind of weird. I don't know whether or not to bring up stuff like that because I mean, as a, as a, as an outsider, I know how much that game absolutely ripped my heart out of my chest because I was 
oh my goodness, was I rooting for you guys so oh, hard. Yeah. Uh, it was, and it was, do you remember it was the same series, the same year that the Red Sox, the Red Sox were also yep. five outs away? Yep, there was there was a potential for a Red Sox-Cubs uh-huh. World right. Series, yes. Aaron Boone, yes. which yes. was, which you know, I, I think I meant, I, I was working for ESPN at the time, and you have no idea how badly they wanted. Like, that would have been, I mean, the ratings oh, yeah. of course. would have been through the roof for that. Yeah, but um, I don't even know what just. <laughs> that is so depressing. But, but it's like. But, but you're right though. To be able to be at that game, that's that's a moment you'll be telling your grandkids about. And you know. You know, it, I don't mean to get super philosophical, but to have something that you care that much about too, and Without you, you know, you can only feel that kind of like disappointment or pain or sadness or like all that feeling for something that you really believe in or care about. And so there's something beautiful right. about that too. You know, I've I've had friends of mine and well let's see more specifically ex-girlfriends of mine get very upset at me at how hard that i take certain losses you know and and you know 2006 was rough for me you know i was ready (laughs) i was ready and it i took that insanely hard and and you know but you're right though i think there is when the tigers do end up winning when the cubs do end up winning when our teams do actually get that it's those moments. It's the Bartmans. It's the 2006s. It's the it's the 119 losses for me. It's all that stuff that make it so much sweeter, yeah. and that and that make the. I mean, when, when the Tigers won the pennant in 2012, like a five year old child, I had a little mini bat that I've I've had that I got from Tiger Stadium in 1990 that has gone with me everywhere I've gone. I'm swinging a mini bat in my apartment like I'm five <laughs> and jumping up and down on my couch. You know, there's not much in life that makes me that excited, and it's because I remember the downtimes. And as right. Cubs fans, who boy, you guys have a lot of of downtimes. So when it does happen for you, which it will, yeah, uh, I told you, Anthony, I think it was even before the Madden signing, but definitely when the Madden signing happened, five years it, within five years, it's gonna happen. It's not even a question. It will happen. All right. The Cubs will win a World Series. Trust me. I'll buy that for a It's going to happen. Okay. I'll buy that for a sheet of $2 bills. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so very thank much for joining great. us today. And uh, Anthony, thank you very much. Um, We're always interested in if, you, if your hometown team that you love, if you happen to know like some cool people that are that are fans of that team that you think would be cool to have on the show, let us know that too because you know, we can only do so much research on the interwebs. Yes, and Anthony and I will be traveling a bit this summer and going to some stadiums. Uh, we'll probably be coming uh, to your town at some point. And uh, if you know of any uh, uh, interesting, notable folk that live in your town that you think would be interesting to be on the podcast, let us know. And while we're on the road, it'd be fun to meet them and, and chat with them. So with that, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time here in the Clubhouse. The Clubhouse is recorded at the Brigino Baseball Clubhouse, located on 67 East 11th Street in New York City. If you consider yourself to be a baseball fan, and I'm assuming if you've made it this far, you must be, you have no excuse for not dropping by and checking out the fantastic baseball-inspired artwork and one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale. Mention the podcast to get a free bag tag with any purchase. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and logo were designed by Ronan Jora. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. For guest ideas, baseball stories, or just to say hello, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website, clubhousepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.